0: Which is the greatest commandment in the law? Wow, today is January the 17th. We are 17 days in to a new year, 2021. And 2020 was just crazy. And not too many people liked it that much. Here we are 17 days into 2021. And much of it is very similar. We've got lots of political unrest taking place. We got COVID just spiking across our country, but we have hope. We do have hope for a better 2021. In 2020, we experienced death due to the pandemic and other illnesses, but we have hope with a vaccine. We experienced job furlough and job losses but we have hope for some type of normalcy to return in 21. We have experienced racial unrest, but we have hope for understanding. And we have experienced political unrest for actually many years, but we have hope for compromise. And just in a few days on January the 20th, we will have the inauguration that will take place. And this perhaps as a new opportunity for unrest, but we still have the hope of unity across our nation. So as we approach this inauguration, I began to think, how did Jesus handle politics or political situations or governments? How, How did he handle that? Well, I was just thinking of, remember the story give unto Caesar? Well, that's taken um, from Matthew chapter 22. And the Pharisees plotted about how they could entangle or or trick up Jesus. You know, they they tried this a lot, and I'm gonna discuss a few of those today. Um, And so many times they tried to, to trip Jesus up. And they asked him, they said, "'Teacher, we know that you are true "'and teach the way of God and truth, Tell us, therefore, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar? You see, Israel didn't like Roman occupation, and they didn't like it any time when they were um, they they were not in control of their own uh, government, um, and so they didn't like paying taxes. Of course, none of us like paying taxes, um, but. Here they are trying to trick Jesus. And what did Jesus say to them? He said, show me the money that you're talking about. And after showing him the coin, he said, well, whose inscription is on this coin? And they, of course, said Caesar. And then the famous line, he says, well, then give unto Caesar what is Caesar's, but give to God what is God's. You see, there's a lot of things on earth that really seem important to us, but they are very, very temporary. Um, they may be important to God or they may not, um, but we, we need to really be focused on things of God. Now, I'm, I'm not asking everyone to put on rose-colored glasses and ignore the world around them. That's not quite possible. But I would hope that we could put on heavenly glasses and be more spiritually focused on the things of God. So I have several scriptures that I would like to read for you today. So if you have your Bible, I hope that you will turn with me. Um, This next scripture comes from John chapter eight, verses two through 11. And this is the story of Jesus and the adulterous woman. This is another example of how um, The scribes and Pharisees sought out to trick Jesus. It says, Now early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came to him, and he sat down and he taught them. Then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? This they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and he wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear them. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and he said to them, who is without sin among you? Let him throw the first stone at her. And again, He stooped down and wrote on the ground. And then those who heard it being convicted by their conscience, they went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. And when Jesus raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? And she said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you, go and sin no more. Now, in verse five, we see that the scribes and Pharisees were once again trying to test Jesus. This time, it was about the law of Moses and adultery, which is in Leviticus. If we look in Leviticus chapter 20, verse 10, the law says this, the man who commits adultery with another man's wife He who commits adultery with his neighbor's wife, the adulterer and the adulteress, shall surely be put to death. Now, one of the first things that I saw in this story of the adulterous woman was that it was so hypocritical. Um, So the law required the stoning of both the adulterer and the adulteress. So where was the man? you know the scripture says that this woman was caught in the very act so where is the man um well they were not really interested in stoning this woman they were really interested in tripping up jesus and testing jesus you know the law also in leviticus 4:31, the law allowed for forgiveness and we see it here in this verse, the priest shall burn it on the altar for a sweet aroma to the Lord. So the priest shall make atonement for him, and it shall be forgiven him. So these men, the scribes and the Pharisees, they could have been in a forgiving mood. But no, they were out to trick Jesus. And there are many examples of forgiveness in the Bible. Uh, one that just popped in my mind is <clears throat> a Joseph Joseph. and and his brothers. You know, in chapter 50 of Genesis, um, the brothers came to Egypt and they begged Joseph for forgiveness. Um, And Joseph, who knew what God's plan was, he did forgive his brothers. Um, I would like to read uh, parts of our opening scripture again. So this is, uh, again, taken from Matthew chapter 22. Um, And this is when the Pharisees heard and silenced the Sadducees, or or heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees. Then one of the Pharisees, a lawyer, wanted to test him, and he called Jesus' teacher and asked him about the great commandment of the law. And then Jesus answered him. Um, One of the things that I thought a little interesting in this story was that the Pharisee called Jesus teacher. Now the Pharisees thought that they were the teachers of the law. And you know, you couldn't just become a Pharisee, you were born a Pharisee. So they believed that they were the teachers. So it was a little bit sarcastic when they made this statement and called Jesus a teacher. Um, but it's my belief that when this Pharisee asked this question to Jesus, being a lawyer, he was very prepared. Um, he was. It's my belief that he was talking about the Ten Commandments and which of the Ten Commandments he was asking Jesus is the greatest. And I believe that he was prepared with whatever Jesus said. Um, but one of the interesting things is that the Ten Commandments were given to Moses by God. And so who could really say one is greater than another? You know, the text of the 10 Commandments appears in the Bible twice, in both Exodus and in Deuteronomy. And the first five books of the Bible, the Jews called the Torah of the Old Testament. And in those first five books, in the Torah, there are actually 613 commandments that they have counted. Now, 10 of these were the Ten Commandments, but that means about 603 commandments were in addition to the 10. But for the Jews, the Ten Commandments were very special. You see, the Lord himself wrote. It was the finger of God who wrote on the stone tablets um, that were given to Moses that he brought these down from Mount Sinai. And in their scriptures, they called them uh, the 10 utterances, the 10 utterances of God. Um, And in uh, these 10 commandments are sometimes called the Decalogue, which comes from Greek, deca meaning 10. But the 10 commandments written by God, the Jews stored them inside the Ark of the Covenant. And to them, this ark represented the very presence of God. So the Ten Commandments were extremely important to them and likewise extremely important to God. But in his answer to the Pharisees, Jesus didn't quote one of the Ten Commandments. He quoted from Deuteronomy and from Leviticus. Deuteronomy 6.5. And he said, The following: this is from Deuteronomy 6.5. This is one of the verses Jesus quoted. You shall love your go- Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And then in Leviticus 19.18, the scripture Jesus quoted that was the last part of verse 18. But the whole verse says this, You shall not take vengeance, nor bear any grudge against the children of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. I really love this answer jesus didn't give them what they expected i feel absolutely certain that this pharisee lawyer was ready whatever jesus said which one of the ten commandments he was ready with a prepared response and a criticism but jesus didn't give him what he expected but jesus in these two responses in essence quoted all ten of the ten commandments because all 10 of the Ten Commandments can be seen in Jesus' response. Let me explain how we can see love in the Ten Commandments. Now, I'm not going to read the Ten Commandments. Um, You can see them there. Uh, But what I am going to do, I'm going to go through each one and compare them to, to love and those two scriptures that Jesus quoted. The first commandment. If you love God, then you will place no other gods before him, seems pretty obvious. And the second commandment is just like it. If you love God, you will not worship any idols, you'll only worship God. And the third, if you love God, you will not take his name in vain. And fourth, if you love God, you will keep his day holy. And with the fifth commandment, we transition somewhat into Loving your neighbor to include your mother and father. So if you love your neighbor, you will certainly love your mother and father. Sixth commandment. If you love your neighbor, you will not murder him or her. If you love your neighbor, seventh commandment, you will not commit adultery against him or her. Eighth, if you love your neighbor, you will not steal from them. Ninth, if you love your neighbor, you will not spread rumors about them. And 10th, if you love your neighbor, you will not desire or covet the things that they have. And oh, by the way, this wasn't the only time that Jesus quoted from Leviticus 19.18. Remember the story from the Sermon on the Mount about loving your enemies? And this is taken from Matthew um, chapter 5, verses 43 to 48. I'm only gonna read a couple of verses there. It says, you have heard that it was said you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemies. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those that persecute you. Do good to those that, who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. So love your neighbor is the theme here, even your enemies. And interestingly, it says in the scripture that you have heard it said. So Jesus is saying, you've heard it said. But nowhere, I've done an exhaustive search of a concordance, and nowhere in the Bible does it say to hate your enemies. It does say you love your neighbor, but it doesn't say you hate your enemies. Well, where did the scribes and Pharisees get this interpretation? Well, it's believed that they got it from the fact that God stood with Israel. God fought alongside Israel. God helped Israel defeat their enemies. And so thinking humanly, The Jews hated their enemies. They disliked them. They didn't like being occupied um, by Rome or being held captive uh, in Babylon. They didn't like these things. They hated their enemies. And if they hated their enemies and God stood with them, they felt that God also hated their enemies. But nowhere does the Bible say this and Jesus corrects this misinterpretation to love your neighbor and even love your enemies. In fact, just love everyone. Um, It's a powerful message from Leviticus and it continues on into the New Testament where Paul declares in his letter to the Romans that love fulfills the law. If you look at Romans chapter 13, 8 through 10, it says this, Owe no one anything except to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. You shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. If, and if there is any other commandment, all are all summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. So which is the greatest commandment in the law, in the whole Bible? It's love. Love is the greatest commandment. And this is even emphasized more and more, Um, just a couple more I'm gonna share with you from the Gospel of John. We see in John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35, a new commandment I give to you. This is Jesus speaking, that you love one another as I have loved you that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples. If you have love one for another, and then in John chapter 14, verse 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And then just a couple of verses, I'm not gonna read them all, but in John 15, nine through 19, you can read the whole passage later if you would like. Uh, it says this in verse nine, it says, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you, abide in my love. Verse 12 of John chapter 15, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you, And then verse 17, these things I command you that you love one another. So Jesus gave us a new commandment to love one another. And if you love Jesus, you will love one another. And if we love one another, many of our problems will just simply go away. A lot of our political strife, a lot of our racial uh, unrest, Many of these things, just if we love each other, they will go away. Let me close with this. If you don't have a relationship with God, or if you're not comfortable with your relationship with God, contact us. We would love to discuss this with you. You may, you may contact any elder of our church, or if you don't know which elder to call, Simply call the church office. Um, And you can ask to speak to me. I would love to talk to you about your relationship with Jesus. God bless, and let's have our closing hymn.